0: Welcome to Antioch Raleigh's weekly online sermon. We hope that you are encouraged by this word. For more information on Antioch Raleigh or access to our other online sermons, visit us at antiochrawley.com.
1: We've been in a series the past couple of weeks called Disciplined. Disciplined, and it's part of our, our growth track. If we could put up the D cycle, we've been talking about for a couple of years what it means to be a devoted disciple. Devoted disciples have decided to follow Jesus. They've been delivered. We are currently in this third part, disciplined. Then they are developed, and ultimately they are deployed. And for the past couple weeks, we've been looking at spiritual disciplines. Chris Jolly came last week. Does anyone remember what Chris spoke on? Confession. Confession. All right. That's good. Paid attention. Week before, we had one of our missionaries, Tracy. Does anyone remember what Tracy's discipline was? evangelism, sharing your faith, proclaiming the gospel. Week before that, Travis came down from D.C. Does anyone remember his meditating on the word of God? Awesome. Well, this morning we are going to be looking at the spiritual discipline that goes with, it's, it's actively listening to the voice of God. And I didn't know before this morning that Elizabeth was going to lead us in worship in a way that would incorporate that. So I believe the Lord is He's already saying something, and so we're going to focus on that discipline of inclining your ear, hearing the voice of God, and I'd like to kick off with a testimony. Reed, can can you come down, grab this mic right here. Let's give it up for Reed. I've asked, I heard a, a really cool testimony this past week from Reed about just how God Spoke to you, used you in a season, or really this past week, just share.
0: Yeah, so this is on, all right. Um, So uh, Thursday, so Holly, my wife Holly over there, she's a a lot better known than me, but uh, Holly and I got into a lot of car trouble this week, Um, and uh, you may have seen some of it because Holly's big on Instagram and she puts out a lot of the funny stories, but uh, we were in the middle of it. It's, it's a pretty long story, so I'm going to fast forward almost to the end uh, just to kind of get to the point here. But um, if you want to know more about how you uh, lose a vehicle for days, file theft reports, and then find out it's been towed, but it, no report was ever filed on it. So you find it in a, in a tow yard in North Durham, and, uh, and then you forget your key, so then you learn how towing works if the driver doesn't bring his key. It's pretty... Uh, Bad on the car. Um. <laughs> so we'll fast through, forward through all that, and, and, and I, I find myself, because of circumstances that you could say are my fault, or you could say the Lord was working um, to, to set this up, um, but I find myself in a, in a tow truck cab with a, a, a really nice guy that I'll, I'll just call him Mike for now. So me and Mike are um, in a tow truck, and given the circumstances, we're going to be in that tow truck for probably an hour together, just in the cab. I'm like, man, this is just not going well, it's monsooning, he and I are both uh, wet, um, and, uh, and, and we've got a car that we're not sure how we're going to get it off the tow truck, uh, but, but we're headed anyway, and I, we're talking, and I'm learning all about tow life, and we're just chatting it up, and about 15 minutes into this hour drive, I start having two conversations. Um, I'm, I'm talking with Mike, but then I start just hearing the Holy Spirit ask me really direct questions. When are you going to make this conversation more real mm-hmm. what, are, are you just going to learn about tow life this this hour or, or are you going are you going to step forward and do something that has internal value um, and and so I, I just sitting there talking to God and you know uh, um, I, the, the song that uh, was just up um, uh, uh, let go, the waves and wind still know his name. I, I wish that was tattooed on the inside of my eyeball, so when I'm looking out, I can see that in the upper left-hand corner all the time, but <laughs> you, you don't always have that note reminding you. So I had a little dialogue with God, and ultimately, he got me to a point of yes. And I said, okay, yes, God, just let's go, let's do it. I don't know how to get this conversation about, about towing to you or to what this gentleman needs, but take it there. And, and he just started acting, and within a minute, the conversation was on much deeper things, and Mike started to pour open uh, just all about his need. The last six months, he's had cancer, multiple surgeries, uh, he's had a colostomy bag, his intestines were infected, just all I mean, just crazy stuff that our jolly little conversation five minutes ago wouldn't have led you to think. Um, and, and he was so wanting someone to step into his life and pray with him. Uh, and, and so uh, we talked for a long time. We, 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 he's a believer but, but hasn't really been uh, spending time with the Lord um, for a long time. And I, I want to share one story that he told me. Um, as we're building up, he knows that I'm wanting to pray with him. Um, he says, I want to tell you about when I was healed once. He said about 15 years ago I was a semi-pro football player. If I haven't told you, Mike's like five times bigger than me. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, he's, he, he, he went head-to-head with another lineman, ended up on the ground, uh, unconscious, and then, and then later in the ICU, and the, the head-to-head contact had broken his spine in nine places. Um, and, and he was in ICU for three weeks and didn't have a lot of hope of, of what the outlook of his life was going to be, and his, uh, his mother uh, brought uh, her pastor to the hospital, and the pastor came in the room, and he, he invited all the staff in ICU into the room, and shut the door, and he said, we're going to pray for Mike. I want you to join in with me, and, and he said he started out by singing Amazing Grace, um, and just set, set the atmosphere in the room, and then he prayed for, for Mike, and he got done praying, and he said, all right, doctors and nurses, I want you to go run every scan you, you know to run to show that God has healed Mike, and so they went and did it, and Came back up uh, a few hours later, and not a single sign of any broken bone in, in Mike's back. Um, man, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I, I said, Mike, my faith is at like an all-time high sitting here talking to you, man. So, and I know your faith <laughs> is at an all-time high. So let's leverage that. The Holy Spirit is here. Let's go into prayer. And again, the Holy Spirit's, I'm, I'm, there's this two-way dialogue going on the whole time. And he says, I'm about to pray, and he says, uh, sing Amazing Grace. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> so at this point, the ride is over. We're parked in the middle the middle of a parking lot to a, a, a small mechanic shop, and we're taking up the whole parking lot. Just a giant rig, you know, orange lights are on, and we've been sitting there for 30 minutes talking with each other, and I'm sure everybody wondered what we're doing. So now I'm singing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and and, and then we uh, we got to pray. And so, uh, uh, man, I think that the reason you want me to share that because it was about dialoguing with God and, and having a yes in your heart Amen. and listening for Him. So, Amen. Yeah, let's give it up for Reed. Yes, the Lord.
1: That's exactly right, Reed. I I, I love how just in the simple everyday life, God wants to speak. He wants to speak. When we begin to hear the voice of God, it changes everything. Hearing His voice, having Him speak to our spirit, moves, it moves the Christian from this place of stale spirituality and brings us into a place of exhilarating encounter. Evangelical Christianity has done really well, really well to bring our attention to the Word of God, the primacy of the Word of God. But I think... What it has done that's lacking is it's lack equipping the people of God, training the saints to actually hear the voice of God in the word of God. A few years before I, I, I came on staff, I, I think I know a lot of you guys know this. I used to teach at St. David's School in Raleigh. It's taught seventh grade Bible in history. And after I left St. David's, I came on staff here at Antioch but I had the opportunity to go back and speak in one of their, their chapel services, middle school chapel, 200, roughly 200 middle school students. And these were kids that had grown up going to church. A lot of them knew the Lord. They had been taught how to pray. And I proceeded to preach a sermon very similar to this one on how you could hear the voice of God. And these were kids that, though they had been in church their whole lives, the whole paradigm that God would actually want to speak back and that they could hear the voice and the whisper of God was completely foreign to them. And so following the, 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 the chapel service, I gave the invitation. I said, hey, look, I know you guys got to head to lunch, but whoever wants to stay behind and give me five, ten minutes, we're going to do an exercise a practical activation on how you can hear the voice of God. One that we'll we'll do in a little bit here this morning. And now, if you know middle school students, they when they hear lunch, the lunch bell, they're all. That's what they they got one thing on their mind. So I was anticipating just about everyone to go, but I was dumbfounded when literally a hundred of them stayed behind to just say, "Lord, I, I want to know that you can speak to me." These are middle school, some high school students. And it was about a week later, I get this email from one of those students that was in that chapel sermon. She, She wrote me, hey, Mr. Wickham, I wanted to tell you how much your chapel speech meant to me. The second I walked out the doors, I couldn't stop thinking about what you said, especially the part about God talking to you. Literally, the weirdest thing happened today So I was near the locker room before tennis practice when I ran into a sixth grade girl who was looking like she was about to cry. She went on to tell me she had just received some hurtful text and was feeling bullied. As we were talking, she looked up, and I swear the only thing she said was, I wish we could have a Bible study so God could bring us closer together as a grade. What kind of sixth grade girl that is being bullied says that? And then, like, this wave of urgency hit me, and I was like, I'll do it. Never have I ran or cared about starting a Bible study, but in that second, I really felt like I was supposed to do it. And it gets weirder. Later that same day, I get another idea. And it was that same feeling of urgency, like, you got to do this type feeling, to text my best friend, Bailey, and ask her if she wants to help run it. So I did, and she was like, OMG, I've been wanting to start one for that grade all year. (laughs) Seriously, that's what it says, OMG. And no one wanted to do it with me. So yeah. I'm not sure if you're going to get this. But I want you to know. I probably would have ignored that feeling of urgency to do this. If you hadn't talked in chapel. Thank you for opening my eyes and ears to the Holy Spirit. I hope you have a great weekend. Acts 2 says in the last days. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How will our sons and daughters prophesy? They will prophesy when they've learned to hear the voice of God. The great end times revival that still awaits us will not be harvested through great polished communicators, but through laid down lovers who have learned to put their ear up to the chest of their beloved king. You guys know John the Baptist, one of the great, he was, Jesus called him the, the greatest of the old covenant prophets. In the gospels it says that, interesting phrase, the word of God came to John. There's an anointing that we can receive if we position ourselves to receive the word, the word of God, to hear the voice of God. I'm not talking about just mental Bible study or mere memorization. Those things are good. I'm talking about us learning to cultivate hearing the voice of God, the whisper of God through the scriptures. The great commandment, we we talked about this uh, a few weeks back. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. But it begins with, hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Paul writes in Romans, he says, faith comes by, if you know it, hearing, hearing. My thesis for us this morning is that our whole growth, our spiritual growth as disciples, Our spiritual growth into the kingdom of God is all predicated on our ability and willingness to hear the voice of God. Amen? So here's the goal this morning. I, I would love for us all to leave, number one, to leave this morning with a faith and an expectancy that God wants to speak and that he's going to speak to you this morning. And then secondly, at the end, we're going to take some time to have an activation exercise where we can practice hearing the voice of God. All right, so let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to look at my favorite passage is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is the best, in my opinion, the best passage on how to hear the voice of God. A lot of you know it. I'm sure you've read it. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. But before I jump in, let me give us a little context here. The people of Israel, the nation of Israel, are in a time of crisis. This is following the time of Judges. And some scholars even believe that Samson could have been a contemporary of Samuel. If you recall at the end of the book of Judges, it says everyone did what they saw was right. And there was no king. This was a time of no moral absolutes. This was a time of chaos, darkness, a nation blighted by sin there was no king, there was no true leader. Does that sound familiar at all? Book opens up in chapter 1 telling us a little about, about this lady named Hannah who's, who's crying out for a child, literally crying to the Lord, and she makes a bargain with God saying, Lord, if you give me a child, I will in return dedicate this son back to you, which is exactly what happens. And so by chapter 3, Samuel, this boy, he maybe is 12 years old at most, He's working with Eli, the priest of Israel. And we have verse 1. I'm going to read through this and we'll, we'll get into three points on how to hear the voice of God. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now let me pause real quick. It says that the word of the Lord was rare. This is an indication that of what kind of season, of how dark it was. Perhaps individually you're here and you're thinking, I haven't heard the voice of God speak in a long time. Maybe you've never heard You're you're a Christian, you follow Jesus, your eternity is set secure, praise God, but you're here this morning, you're like, I've never heard, heard ever the voice of God speak. But notice this, in this passage, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Yes, literally, that's referring to this time of the day it was, but the author is trying to tell us that there's still hope. The light has not yet gone out. Let's keep reading. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said Here I am And he ran to Eli and said Here I am for you called me But he said I did not call Lie down again So he went and laid down And the Lord called again Samuel And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said Here I am for you called me But he said I did not call you my son Lie down again Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall speak. You shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, he laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. I'm going to give, a, give us three points on how we can actively listen to the voice of God, how we can incline our ears to hear the voice of God. Point number one is this, God's desire. Point number one, God's desire. We must be convinced of God's desire to speak to us. How many times, how many times just in this passage was God saying Samuel's name? How many times? How many occasions? Four times. Even when Samuel didn't get it, even when we don't get it, and when we miss it. I I praise God that, that Reed was sensitive, but I believe even if Reed missed it, God would still want to pursue Reed. God still pursues. He's desiring that we listen. If you go back to the very first chapter of the Bible, the, the first chapter that is revealing to us the nature of God. Do you know how many references we have to God speaking? 14 times. We're learning about there's a God, a great, mighty God, who's desiring to communicate. Exodus 25, and God is instructing Moses on how to build the tabernacle. He says, Therefore, I will meet with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, that ark on the ark of the that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you." John 1:1, 1, 1, "In the beginning was the Word, and the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. One of the names of Jesus is the Word, implying he loves to communicate. Revelation 3:20. Jesus is writing, he's saying this, not to unbelievers, but to Christians. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I love that picture there. The God of the universe, yet he's knocking on the door of our hearts. This is why I love Jesus. This is why Jesus is better than any God, why Christianity is better than any religion. We have this incredible transcendent God and yet he, he wants to speak to you. He knows your name, and he's calling your name. I want to tell you, when you hear God say your name, it changes everything. It changes everything. Jeremiah 33:3, 3, call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and mighty things. A couple of years ago, our, we sent a team on a missions trip to Tijuana, and this is, this is one of my favorite stories on how God so desires to speak to us. There was a, a member of our team, uh, Stephan Church, I don't know if Stephan's here or not, but we were getting ready to go do an outreach that afternoon, but we had the opportunity to, to have a time of worship, and there was a particular invitation to, to just, let's just pray, ask God to speak to you. I think uh, John John Mata was there. He was praying with Stephen, and and Stephan, he, he he goes on later to tell us that he received like this visual impression, this vision, and he saw this mountain, this mountain scene where there were these lighted up gears that were just vividly displayed across this mountain landscape. He got that picture, and then he then saw this this face of a Hispanic man, middle aged, older, and he had this. The most vivid thing about the man was this smile. He just this this lit up, and so Stefan's like, "Okay, I don't know what to do with this, but okay, let's let's go on." And we 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 get on a bus. We go. We're we're getting ready to do an outreach, and one of the things we do before we uh, we do when we do evangelism is we like to do what's called treasure hunting, and that's just a moment to listen. God, what do you want to say? And at this point, Stefan says, "Hey, I I really think we're going to meet this guy. He's he's older, and he's got this." big, big smile. So we said, okay, great. So we go out and we're prayer walking. We're sharing the gospel and we're getting ready to to wrap things up. In fact, we're getting back on the bus. The whole team just about is on the bus. And Stefan comes running up and says, I found him. I found him. And I'm like a little hangry. I'm looking at my watch. I'm going, okay, all right, let's go. And he had been looking the whole time, like two hours, looking for this guy that I I guess just was smiling a lot. Well, he found a guy that was smiling a whole lot. And he goes up, and, and John's there. He's helping interpret. And we come to find out that the guy's name happens. He has a nickname. They call him Smiley, which I was like, okay, that's great. <laughs> and and they're, he's, he's sharing with us a little bit about his story. And this guy, for instance, he's He's a nameless, faceless, he walks around, his whole occupation, I don't even think he had a job, but he walked around, The it was on this mountain scene, this this neighborhood that we were in was actually on the side of a mountain, get to that in a minute, and he just would walk around house to house and pick up people's trash. Like that was what he did for a living. He didn't really make money, he didn't have a home, but he stayed in this village and people respected him for it, they appreciated that, but he just... He was this nameless, faceless, you would say in the world's eyes, an insignificant one. And that's what he would do. And Stephan proceeds to share with him, he goes, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I had this vision. And he shared the vision of the mountain, the lights, the gears. And, and all of a sudden, the guy just starts talking real quickly. And, and John's trying to translate. And, and it comes to find out that this man had the same dream Two months prior to this. And he had been, he knew of God, but he he didn't know what it meant. And he'd been he'd been crying out in his prayers, what does this mean? And he was even a bit discouraged. I didn't know what this meant. And so John and Stephanie and I were, were going, okay, Lord, we, we want you to speak here. And we begin to in, interpret this, this dream to him, this vision. And we begin to tell him. You are the joy that's going around this mountaintop. You are bringing light all around these people, and we begin to speak to them, this, this nameless, faceless, insignificant one telling them that you are significant, that God has brought, arranged this, or this series of divine messages and brought us a thousand miles, just to tell you, just to tell you that your father, he thinks you're significant. That's how much God desires to speak to us. God desires to speak to us. We need to be convinced of it. Point number two is our discipline. Our discipline. Before God called out Samuel, where was he? What's the position that he was in? He's waiting. He's in the the temple, the, the tabernacle, and he's as close to the ark as he could get. Now, I find it really interesting that, and I think this is intentional, the author here, he's contrasting Eli to Samuel. He's going, Samuel's, he's next to the ark. He's lying down next to the ark. And then we have Eli, and it says that he's in his own place. To suggest that our ability to hear God, it's up to us. You can get as close to God, you can incline your your heart to him as much as you want to, or... You can go in your own place, do your own thing. God is speaking, but are we willing to position ourselves, discipline ourselves, our attention, our posture? So how do we do that? Thankfully, the Word of God, I love how the Word of God helps us interpret the Word. Psalm 95.7 helps us a little bit on how we can position ourselves. It says, today, today if you will hear His voice. It's a daily pursuit, a daily commitment that we need to wake up every morning and we go god i need to hear wisdom for today i need to hear your grace for today i need to hear, yesterday was great yesterday's manna was bread was sufficient but i need i need a fresh word for today god each day's a new day now i understand you know i i've i go i go i go days without pursuing the lord as i should and when i come back to the lord have you ever felt that oh, kind of guilt kind of like it's kind of been 3 days Feel a, little, feel a little guilty. i felt like that before. And I'm here to tell you, that's, that's not God at all. When you make that commitment today, or maybe it's tomorrow, and you're like, I haven't spent time with God in months, God is celebrating you reaching out to him. If my son showed up one morning, came into my room, Dad, I'm ready to listen to you. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to do what you want. I'm ready to listen to you, God. And I said, well, son, you know you last three days, you beat your sisters, you you know, you were just mean, you didn't listen. I wouldn't do that. I'd celebrate that with them. And that's what our Father is doing. So if you haven't heard God or desired to hear God ever, he's waiting. He's waiting. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus gives us some real practical advice here on how to posture our hearts. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Some of us simply need to find the the rooms and shut the doors. We need to find that quiet place. We need to shut the door on all the the chatter that is our social calendar, our social phone, our, our other relationships. We have to we may be having a difficulty hearing God. We're, we've turned up the dial as much as we can, but maybe the dials of every other voice are also all the way up. We gotta Dial down a little bit the other ones in order to hear. Your discipline matters. Your discipline matters. Point number three, how we can grow in hearing the voice of God is we're under spiritual authority. Are you under or accountable to spiritual leadership? Now you may be asking, what in the world does this have to do with hearing God? Everything. Everything. Let me ask you this. Would Samuel have moved forward in his ultimate calling, purpose, destiny without Eli? It was the experience of Eli that first perceived that God was speaking. And it was the wisdom of Eli that directed Samuel on what to do next. This is precisely what takes place when we are under spiritual authority. Like Samuel, we receive the blessings of wisdom, experience, and direction. Spiritual leaders who hold us accountable, they help us discern the voice of God. You may not be hearing God speak to you because you're not accountable to anyone. Coming on Sundays isn't enough. Here's the question. Are you allowing others in your life, particularly those who are more mature than you, more experienced than you, to challenge you, to speak to you, to help you hear the voice of God? And here's another layer to the story, by the way. Samuel was submitted and accountable to really imperfect leadership. Eli was not a good leader. I mean, you read around the story, I mean, his sons were doing horrible things. They were allowing, they were trying to have sex with girls coming into the tabernacle. They were stealing from the offering plate. And Eli, he was at least turning a blind eye, maybe more. And you know what Eli or Samuel didn't do? He didn't quit the tabernacle. Google search for a better tabernacle down the road. <laughs> he didn't go on Facebook to provide a deconstructive rant on how bad the state of the tabernacle is. And profess he's no longer a part of the tabernacle. He still follows God, just not his people. He didn't do that. There's a trend in temptation among Christians today that when they get offended, upset, or hurt by someone in the church or someone who disagrees with them, they just leave. But let me get back to how this practically looks. Our church is filled with spiritual authority. There are people in here that are older than you, that are more mature than you. Go seek them out. That's why we have life groups, because our life groups have spiritual leaders, life group leaders, and they've been trained to help pastor you and help you discern the voice of God. So we laid down a foundation here. God desires to speak to you. We have to discipline ourselves, and finally, we have to be submitted to spiritual leadership. I want to get practical here, okay? So I'm going to give you three rules to discern God's voice, and then we're going to have an exercise here. This is real practical, especially if you've never, this is new to you, you're like, I've never, I've read the Bible, I love the Bible, but I've never heard God actually speak. God's voice will always be in agreement with his word. It may be in disagreement with your understanding of the word, but he never contradicts it. The scriptures. Number two, it's in accordance with his character. And number three, it bears fruit in our lives. All right. Mike, why don't you come up. Here's what we're going to do. Mike's going to make his way. And if Mike, if you could grab those chairs over there. We're going to do an activation exercise. Okay, does that sound good? We are going to use the scriptures to help us hear the voice of God. And thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And you're going to want to get your, if you have your pens, pencils, journals, you're going to want to get that up, your Bibles as well. And we're going to go through a little exercise. And I've asked Mike, I, I mean, he, he doesn't really know what we're doing. I just asked him to come up. I gave him a little bit of an idea. And we're going to demonstrate this. He's going to, we're going to model this simultaneously as you guys are going through I'll I'll say five simple steps on how to hear the voice of God. Five simple steps. And if we could put those up there, I'll I'll briefly go through them. And we're going to go through each of these. I'm going to work with a minister alongside Michael. And as we're doing it, I'm going to invite you to do it too. Okay, and there's five simple steps. We're going to read a passage of scripture. The easiest way to begin hearing the voice, I'm talking about day-to-day, how to hear the voice of God, is just start with the Bible. Easiest place. Then we're going, to, we're going to narrow it down. There's a whole chapter here. And we're going to ask the Lord, well, what, is there something specific within that psalm? And then I'm going to take Michael and you guys through three channels or three frequencies, if you will, on how, to, how God speaks. These aren't the only three, but there are three that we're going to use. One is hearing God through your thoughts Two is going to be seeing visually and through our, our, our mind's eye, getting a visualization. And then thirdly, feeling. We can, we can hear God speak through our emotions. So let's turn to Psalm 23. And I, I think we're also going to have it up there. Michael, you doing well? Yep. All right. Oh, can we get him a mic? Yeah, let's grab him. Thank you, Elizabeth. Open up the Psalm 23. And uh, before we read it, let's just pray. Does that sound good? You guys, you're doing this with us. I'm just going to open us up in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you love to speak, God. You want to speak right now. And I just pray that for people who haven't heard the voice, your voice in a while, or people who have never heard your voice, I pray that right now, I'm believing that right now, for the first time, they're going to, their ears are going to be opened. Lord, I even saw you earlier as we were worshiping. I just had this picture, Lord, of you and your angels coming alongside the people in this room. And you were, in the spirit, removing earplugs. You were removing earphones. And you were allowing them to hear your voice, God. We thank you that you, ultimately, you speak through your word, your written word. It's the highest, most authoritative word that we have is your spoken, your written word. And so we thank you for the scriptures. Come and speak to us, Lord. Amen. All right. Let's, let's read. I'm going to read Psalm 23, and let's read it out loud together, and, and then we'll go from there, okay? You guys just follow along with me. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's what we're going to do. In fact, I want everyone by themselves, quietly to themselves, read through that again. Read through that again. Just prayerfully read through it. We'll take 30 seconds. Just
2: read through it again.
1: All right, Michael, did you finish reading
2: it? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay.
1: One of the initial ways the Lord speaks through his word as you're reading the scriptures is there tends to be a, might be a whole verse, it might be a phrase, or maybe it's just a word that jumps out of the page. We've all done this as we've read the Bible before. We've all read something and it's a story in the Bibles, and like a verse or a a word just leaps out at you and you go, oh, I really like that. That, you, that experience that I'm talking about, oh, I really like that. Oh, that sounds really good. That I'm proposing to you is the Holy Spirit going, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. He's, he's drawing your attention there. I call that narrowing it. So hopefully, as you guys read it, there was maybe some, there's just a part you liked. Michael, was there anything there that you read that, in that Psalm 23 that jumped out of you, you really liked during that reading of it?
2: Yeah, um, I've actually leaned on this scripture pretty hard because he is our shepherd. And what sticks out to me is that he keeps reflecting that he is the one who's guiding us. It says that he makes us to lie down in in the pastures, that he leads us beside the quiet waters, that he is the one who restores our soul, that he guides us in paths of righteousness sake, that even though we're walking in a bad place, We don't have to fear because he is with us. His his rod and his staff comforts us. He says that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So just like the song said, we may look like we're surrounded, but he prepares a place for us in the midst of our enemies. So you read that, and what jumped out of you was the emphasis just on he, he,
1: Mm -hmm. his initiation, his leadership. Awesome. So here's what we're going to do, and I'm going to invite you guys to do this as well. If hopefully you, there was a passage of scripture that really a, a verse. If not, that's okay. Feel free to j- jump on what Michael just shared. What we're going to do next, and I'm going to lead you through it. Michael is. I want us to. We're going to be still, and we're going to ask the Lord to speak to us. So we're going to say we're literally going to go. Lord, is there anything you want to say to me about this verse? And for you, it's going to be about you leading me. You he 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 you'll ask that same question, but you're going to do it for whatever verse or scripture that, or, or whatever word jumped out to you. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to lead us in prayer and then we'll take a moment to do that. And as, when you, after we say amen, you know, thank Lord, is there anything you want to say to me through this scripture? We'll take 30 seconds. We'll pause. And this is where if you have a journal, it's really great to write it out. Begin to write down immediately things that all right, Lord, is there anything you're speaking to me? And you may be one of those listeners that hears God really well for your thoughts. Now, if, if you're f- kind of struggling with this, that's okay, we've got two more steps, so just hang on with me, all right? All right, let's do this. Jesus, is there anything that you want to speak to me, to us about this verse, this word that you highlighted? Just come and speak right now. Your servant is listening. Michael, you asked the Lord, is there anything He wants to say to you about that particular part of the Scriptures? Did you hear anything?
2: Yes. um, Although I was seeing all the points where He led and guided me and He protects me and He prepares me and keeps me safe from my enemies, what He showed me in the latter part of that was that not only is He going ahead and preparing and protecting in the present, He also is following surely goodness and love will follow all the days of my life so for eternity he is before me he is beside me and he is behind me amen amen now if we did that exercise did that part
1: and you're going and trust me this has happened a lot and you're going i I didn't hear anything that's okay we're what we're gonna do next is we're gonna do we're gonna (coughs) practice lord is there anything you want to show me I did this same exercise with uh, Chad's, one of Chad's sons. and Chad's like 13 years old. Chad's son was 13 years old. We're doing this, and he's like, I didn't hear anything. The moment I said, Lord, is there anything you want to show me? All of a sudden, this, we just started getting visualizations of the scriptures. And the point being is that we all hear God in, in different ways, and it was based on the scriptures, so we knew it was safe. So that may be you, and particularly young people i found. Young people growing up watching YouTube their whole life, their, their, visual, their ability to visualize is so trained. It's so trained. So let's, let's pray, and I'm going to invite you guys to then wait and see if there's a picture about the Scripture that was originally highlighted to you. Okay? All right. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Is there anything you want to show us about this Scripture? Lord, we just want to wait. Just show us in our mind's eye. Give us a visual, Lord. Normally, I would take some more time, but Michael, was, did you get a visual about, you, you talked about he, 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 he's leading you, he's leading you, he's leading you. Did you what'd you see?
2: Actually, I was telling you about something before we even started church this morning about uh, seeing God's angels around me. Um, He said, I'm focusing on the things around me more than I'm focusing on what He's doing. And I need to take my eyes off of what's going on around me and focus on what's ahead, which is where He's leading me, guiding me, and taking me to. Did you see anything though? Um, when I closed my eyes, I got a ref- uh, another picture of the vision I saw, which was His angel army all around me that I never see a lot of times. I'm so focused on the problems in life, but His angel army is standing around me, protecting us, doing what He's called them to do, which is look after His sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to do one more. And this is
1: feeling. Sometimes God speaks to us through emotions. I mean, you can, I'm sure a lot of us have been in worship or we read something and you had an immense sense of his peace, an immense sense of his joy. Sometimes he can, we might experience emotions that are maybe negative and you're like, where is that from? And it, it could be you're discerning something in the spirit. That's another topic for another day. But let's ask the Lord, is there anything he wants us to feel about Psalm 23, about what he highlighted to you? So Jesus, we thank you for your word. Is is there an emotion you want us to feel about Psalm 23? Just be sensitive to what you feel. Michael, what do you feel?
2: I was reminded that he's the good shepherd and that he said we're not going to have need of anything. We're going to have our, all our needs met in Christ. Uh, he wanted me to feel safe. Okay. I, ha- I didn't have to keep pursuing uh, happiness, what it looks like in the world. I don't have to pursue safe- safety. I don't have to pursue uh, the next great thing yeah. that He's providing everything I need, and I can have the feeling of safety because I'm in His presence. How many of you would love to feel safety,
1: or whatever it may be? Particularly if, if, if your emotions have been awry, and I, I'm, I was one of those people, and I, I still am, degrees. Doing this in Psalms for the past two years has actually healed my emotions. Healed my emotions, because I, I camp out, and the Lord goes, Here's peace. Here's joy. And here, here's the thing even if it's peace for the 30th day in a row, it never gets old. It's like Or it's like, you go, God, what do you want to say to me? And he goes, I love you. Well, what else do you want to say? I'm like, that's enough, right? Like, that's enough. Hey, can we give it up for Michael? Okay, great. Well, hey, here's what I want us to do I want us to stand up. We're gonna, we're, we ran it a little bit over, but that's okay. And we're, I'm just going to say a prayer. And this is going to be a prayer of blessing, it's going to be a prayer of impartation that everyone in here, hopefully there was an a, a ember that was stoked this afternoon where you're like, yes, I, I want to hear God, I want to hear God, I know He wants to speak, and I pray that the Lord even took the scriptures this morning and began to whisper to you, and my encouragement is... I, I'll put it this way. I love good teachers and commentaries and listening to podcasts, but when the Holy Spirit shows you a word, there's nothing that compares. Amen? So let you guys, hold your hands out like this. We're going to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who speaks. You're the word. Thank you, Lord, that you're opening up our ears. You're opening up our eyes of our hearts, God. Lord, I pray that there would be a grace upon all of us here to begin to cultivate a lifelong journey of hearing you speak. So, Lord, we pray that you would discipline our hearts, that there would be self-control to, to posture our hearts, to incline our ears to what you have to say, Jesus. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who's, who's still struggling, they're still wanting to figure it out, hey, I pray peace over them. And I pray, Lord, that they would know it's, you're, you're, you're gonna make it work, Lord. we trust you, Jesus. And we thank you, God, for the words you've spoken. I bless everyone here. Lord, we pray this in your precious name, Jesus, amen, amen.